0: Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that we get to worship here with you this morning. It's our prayer that as we talk about prayer for a few moments this morning, that it would be an exercise that would give us more insight into the heart of God and into our understanding of what it means that we can come before you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So this morning, if um, if you received our weekly email, you'll know that this morning we're going to be talking about prayer, and the title of this morning's message is "Connect: How Prayer Transforms You." And one of the things that is essential, essential to your life of faith, is prayer. And one of the things that happens, I think, in the Christian life is that prayer is the least understood, most underrated, understated part of our life of faith. And I think so much of the time, and, and I think as pastors, we're guilty of this, as I just taught the kids to make sure they, they're, they're asking for anything they want to from God. But I think so much of our understanding of prayer is that we have to come to God and then give Him all of our requests. And over the years, people have done a really good job of trying to teach us how to pray better And they remind us that prayer isn't just about giving God our laundry list of things that are going wrong in our lives or the things that we want or desire. But prayer is also about communicating with God about our daily lives. I mean, so much of the time, you know, we're told that it's okay to ask God for things, but also just spend time in prayer with God. And oftentimes what ends up happening is, and I and I know I'm guilty of this a lot of times too, is you know, I'll have that list of prayer requests that I'm going through that you've all been submitting. Um I'll remember, you know, I'll start praying for my wife and for my daughter, but then I start praying for my parents, and then I start praying for my siblings and their kids, and all of a sudden like half an hour goes by and you just start praying for everyone you know because you feel like, well, if I'm praying for this person, I have to pray for that person. Which is great, you should do that. You know, but one of the things we don't do in prayer very well is I don't think we listen very well in prayer. See, every single relationship that we're in, in order for a relationship to grow, it's not just a one-sided conversation that you have with that other person, but actually it's also you learning to listen to what that other person is saying. Because we've all been in relationships or we've all been in conversations where we don't feel heard. And that doesn't solidify or grow our relationship with that other person, but when we don't feel like we're being listened to, when we don't feel like we're being heard, it actually draws us further and further apart from that other person. And so when it comes to our relationship with God, it's, it should never just be a one-sided monologue that we're telling God about everything we need. But sometimes it's about learning to listen. And so through this sermon this morning, I hope to draw your attention to what it might look like to learn to listen to God a little more in prayer because it is truly the way of transformation for our hearts and our souls. You know, so many times, you know, prayer becomes this thing where if you don't feel comfortable praying around other people, then you don't like to pray. I know that there are some people who hate to pray in my presence. That sounds bad. I know that there are some people who don't like to pray when I'm there because they think, well, you're a really good prayerer. And if you hear my prayers that aren't as good, then you're going to judge me somehow. And we do that with prayer, right? Like, like we put so much like pressure on us about the right way to pray, or the right words to use for prayer, or the right formula for prayer. And, and what I like to tell everyone is this: Look, I'm not any holier than you are. My sins are probably different than yours, but we're all in this together. And even though I happen to serve as a senior pastor of this church. The Bible tells us that every one of us is a royal priest in the family of God. All of us function in that same role of being able to go to God and not needing anyone else to pray for us. Now, intercessory prayer is powerful. When you've, if you've ever prayed for someone else and you're doing it because you truly desire their best, that, that does something within you. But every one of you has the same access to God as I do, even though I'm a pastor, And one of the things that we learn about prayer, especially through the teachings of Jesus, is that every one of us can come. And the Bible will say you can come boldly before the throne of grace, which is a way of saying that you can come unashamed. You can come vulnerable just as you are, and you can come and ask a presence before God because God is always willingly inviting you into his presence. But so much of the time, we're the ones that don't have time for that. Now, I can't tell you how many times when I pray, I'm not listening and one of the best examples, and I think you might be able to relate with me, is when we pray for our meal. So often the prayer before the meal is that obligatory, like, you know, you can't eat, you can't have the first forkful of, of whatever you're eating until you pray first. And it ends up happening is we say, Father, thank you for the hand, bless the hands that have prepared this, thank you for this meal, thank you that we won't go hungry today, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. And then we just dig right in, almost as a preliminary preface to the meal, which is more important than that time we spend with God. And I'm guilty of this. Now, there's nothing wrong with doing these short prayers or these prayers with a specific purpose, but I fear that for so many of us, our prayer life becomes just another thing we have to do in order to get on to the next thing. And I wonder what it would be like, and I'm going to show you from some research this morning, how the more time you spend in intentional prayer, How God changes your heart, your mind, and your soul. And so this morning, we want to invite you to shift your perspective on what we've always taught about prayer. So if you have your Bibles, or if you want to read on the screen in front of you, we look at the verse in Ephesians chapter 6, and Paul tells us, Pray in the Spirit at all times in every prayer and supplication. Now, it's impossible for us to pray at all times. I mean, we can try to think about God on a daily basis, And we can try to orient our thoughts about, well, what would God want me to do? And how would God want me to live my life? But it's really difficult because as we get into our daily rhythm of life, work, family, school, stress, bills, all of the stuff begins to crowd us, crowd our mental energy. And instead of us being able to pay attention and focus to God, we pay attention to the more immediate things in our lives. So many times we, we pay attention to the things that are urgent, and we neglect that which is most important. And I think we could all agree that our relationship with God is the most important thing in our lives. But because we are filled with so many urgent matters, and now that I have a daughter, I understand this completely. Is that it's so much easier to give in to the things that need to get done right away. But by doing so, we end up neglecting this prayerful time with God. And in the long run, we may be good at being responsible and accomplishing the things that you need to but our soul isn't living as filled with joy as it could be because we're neglecting that prayerful time with God. And So I want to ask you to think about it in this way. And this is from the book, The Cultivated Life. Um, I know the series that we're in is called The Cultivated Life, but I'm not really following the book. I just really like the title. But there's a couple of excerpts that I'll be kind of peppering through our sermon series for the next um, I don't know, did I say like 16 or 17 weeks that have been really profound and helpful in helping me understand my own life of faith? But here's what the author writes When a person is with God in awe and love, then he is praying. Praying is more than what we human beings have to say when we close our eyes and bow our heads. In fact, given the participants in the conversation, why would we assume that our words are the ones of greater importance? In prayer, we listen to God. Let's think about that for a second. I, can I read it one more time? Because it's going to make. When a person is with God in awe and love, then you are praying. You see, so many times we come to prayer and we're just giving God all of our information. But when we really, if we were to stop and step back and think about the grandeur of God's presence and love in eternity, really the right posture for us to think about God is we are in awe, in wonder, in wonder of this God who literally creates all things, speaks things into existence, the God that could heal, uh, I think maybe I was a seven-year-old David from this terrible disease pneumonia where really it could have taken my life, the God who can do impossible things who can give sight to the blind and give life to the dead, the God who can heal leprosy, the God who can literally part the sea, the God who speaks light into existence, the God who gives life to those who are dead. Like this God, instead of us just saying, God, here's what I need for you to do, what if we just for a moment stopped and realized that when we enter into this presence of prayer, we really are standing on holy ground I wonder how our prayer lives would change if we understood prayer not so much about what God needs to do for us, but about beholding the presence of God. You know, we often hear the word behold in the phrase that says, um, Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And I think for you and I to truly behold the immensity and the beauty of God, we have to be more in his presence to learn more about how God functions and how God does things and who God is in our lives. And this, the second part of this, really kind of slapped me in the face. It says, in fact, given the participants in the conversation, why would we assume that our words are the ones of greater importance? In prayer, we listen to God. You know, one of the things that I've tried to do and I can only share from my own personal experience is on a daily basis I've tried to carve out some minutes in the beginning of the day to be able to just in silence be able to learn to focus and listen and center in around and in the presence of God. Now one of the ways that I do this is I will, I will pick a phrase or a Bible verse in scripture and I'll just focus on that for a couple of minutes in the morning and just learning to listen for what God is leading us. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit will lead us into more and more understanding. We just have to be open to the presence of God. And so many times we miss out on, this, on the immensity and the beauty of a relationship with God because we're not spending the time to meditate on the scriptures and on his word And one of the things that I've done, like I've said, is I've focused on a few phrases or words from Scripture and I'll sit there in silence, I'll put a timer on and I'll do it when everyone is asleep or when my baby's asleep in my arms and I do this because I know that when I stand in the presence of God, something changes within me. And so we go on with another Bible verse that we've often prayed and we've often taught about when it comes to prayer. Paul will continue to say, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, Give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. And the one that we like to focus on is pray without ceasing. And oftentimes what we tell ourselves is if you really need an answer to a prayer, pray without ceasing. But what we've come to understand is that when Paul says to pray without ceasing, what he's saying is continually be in the posture where you know that the only true answer to the question that you have is going to come from God. And so many times and you might be able to say an amen for this, so many times the prayer request that we bring before God, God often says, what does he say? No. (laughs) Like, no, I know you want that, no. Like, you can't see beyond the very moment that you're in. Trust me, what you're asking for isn't what you want. Like, I could have a sermon that would last 24 hours about all of the things that I asked for God because I thought I needed them in the moment that, given a little bit of time, When I look back, I realize had God given me that thing which I asked for would have ruined the rest of my life. And so, so many times in prayer, the answer that God gives us is no, and oftentimes that is the best answer because what it does is it keeps us continually open to where God is leading us. Because here's what happens. When God answers with yes, we're like, awesome, we're done, we're good, let's move on, life is great. But when the answer is no, or when God doesn't answer in the way we want to, our posture of prayer is that we are continually looking to the presence of God. We're continually asking God to lead us. And what I've experienced in my own life is that's always better to have a no, but know that you are seeking God than to have a yes and forget that God was the one who led you forward. So I want to look at a story from Scripture. Oh, we have plenty of time. And here's what it says. And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, Don't bother me. By the way, just pay attention to these details, because I feel like this is one of those stories that is just like so confusing, that Jesus would use this, but, you know, it, 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 we'll talk about it a little bit. But he says, he answers him, don't bother me. The door has already been locked. My children are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. Jesus says, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything, like he doesn't want to get up and give him anything, even though he's just like, figure it out another way. Because he is his friend, and because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. Now, pause there for a second. In this story, we can assume that we are the friend that comes in the middle of the night and says, hey, best friend, I need some bread because I have other people visiting. And we could surmise that the one who was sleeping is who? Who's who's the person that's sleeping in this analogy? God. (laughs) And I love the picture that Jesus, the Son of God, paints, and he's just like, let me give you an illustration you're going to if you come in prayer because of your persistence even if i don't want to answer you like i know this is theologically heretical but god's like yo sometimes you don't need an answer to this prayer but you're begging and begging and begging so i'm going to give you an answer but notice that the text doesn't say that god will that this man will give him whatever he wants what is the word that is used he'll give you whatever you need But you see, we go past that word so easily and we say like, well, I've been praying and praying and praying for this thing and God's not giving it and and he said to pray persistently. But what sometimes we forget is like, well, perhaps God isn't giving you that thing because that's just something you want. It isn't that what you need. And the Bible is clear from beginning to end that God doesn't always give us what we want, but God will provide for us what we need. And in reality, if we're honest, we know that we probably need a lot less than what we ask for. So there is this thing in science, and I'm, I'm going to try to give this to you in as simple as possible. And we're thinking about praying consistently, being persistent, being continually in the presence of God, praying without ceasing. There is this thing in your brain that are called mirror neurons. Now I know this isn't a science class, but I want to show you how God created our bodies to work and how this affects how you how you um, how this affects you as you pray. So there are about 100 billion neurons in your, in your brain, and about 20% of those neurons... So there are 100 billion neurons in your body, in your brain, and 20% of these neurons that kind of go to work and make you who you are and how you do things and these connections and synapses, all the, the way you're wired, 20% of these are what are called mirror neurons. And this is how mirror neurons work. If you're ever having a conversation with someone and one person yawns, what does the other person do? Yawns. Mirror neurons. If you've ever been in a conversation with someone, and um, you've been having maybe coffee with someone, and you're sitting together, and you're across the table, if you're there long enough, what you'll notice, and maybe you don't notice, but if you pay attention next time, you'll begin to pick up your coffee cups at the same time. Yeah. These mirror neurons help you to to become, not become like that other person, but they help you to adapt and begin to kind of take in some of these characteristics and take them on for yourself. And so what a mirror neuron does is it gets you more in tune with the person in whom you're in presence with. So if we're spending more and more time in prayer, who do you think you're going to become more like? You see, because the way that you were created is that when you spend more time in the presence of God, it's not that you're going to be like God in this holy way, like this uh, like creator way, but you're going to be more and more into the heart of God and you'll begin to be more and more the image that God has created you in. It says our lives run the risk of becoming tr- devoid of true beholding and listening. If we don't listen to God, the Holy One increasingly becomes a figment of our projections and theology. If we don't listen to God, we no longer be like God, but God becomes a figment of our imaginations. Jesus would say, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who searches, finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be open. And what I love about this, and this is all part of that same passage that Jesus was sharing. Jesus doesn't say that when you ask for something, you'll receive for that thing which you've asked for. He just says, whoever asks will receive everyone who searches will find you may not find that thing that simple neat black and white answer that you're looking for but you're going to find some answers to something and everyone who knocks a door will be opened for you and you see so much of the life of faith is is letting go of the control that you think you have in your life and asking God to lead you prayer is a way of allowing God in our own lives and say you be the guide you lead me going forward. I'm going to trust you even if the path I have to take is going to be painful because I trust that you're going to lead me down the path that will lead me to more and more life. I'm going to skip over to the next one because I read that. Listening and its visual form beholding, beholding me in the presence of, maintain the life-giving connections we need in order to flourish. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, the old saying goes. And the question you have to ask yourself is, what are you opening yourself up to? And are you opening yourself up to the presence of God? And as we were created, the more you spend time in God, the more you are going to be changed and transformed. And so I want to end with a little bit of research, if I can find this. Okay, here we go. You have neuroplasticity or brain plasticity, which means this, that your brain can continue to change and transform over time, which is what we see when a child is born from infancy to adulthood. The child doesn't stay the same, like the person hopefully doesn't stay the same from when they're born to the time that they mature as an adult. And what we find is that the brain is continually renewing itself, transforming itself, shaping itself, And so the reason that God makes us this way is because especially as we're growing, we're learning, and we're maturing, but not only that, when you spend time in prayer, your brain begins to change and transform. So, so much so that there's research that has been done, and the more that you focus on something in life. Now, we've all had friends who are super into sports, uh, super into cars, super into finances, whatever it is, and they become so focused on that one thing that that's all they live for. But just like we can focus on these external things in our lives, if you spend more time focusing on prayer and in the presence of God, your mind begins to change. So much so that the more time you spend in prayer, your reality becomes a more prayerful experience. And then the words of Paul that says, Pray without ceasing. Give thanks, always giving, rejoicing, always giving thanks, always in being continual prayer and in the Spirit with God. Is that the more that you focus intentional time on prayer, you begin to live into what scriptures are calling us to do? So, in an article from NPR, a neuroscientist studied the brain functions in a lab. And here's what this person did he injects them with some kind of fluid, and then he tells them to spend an hour in prayer. I think it was one or two hours. And here's what ended up happening. When he studies these people who were in deep prayer, and it wasn't just Christians. He, he studied Tibetan monks, Franciscan nuns. He studied people that were spending more than an hour in prayer, an hour, two hours in prayer. Here's what was happening to the brain. The prefrontal lobes, which is the part of you where is super intentional, like where you can be logical and think about stuff, those parts of the brain lit up. But the other parts of the brain that take in your senses, those parts went dark. And here's what happens. When the prefrontal lobes of your brain are ignited, you're very focused, you're very intentional, you're very present. But the, I think it's called the paradial, or par, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll correct me, but the parts of your brain that notice light, your senses, right, your smell, your taste, and all that, all of those parts went dark because somehow in some way when you spend longer periods of time in prayer and listening to God, your reality actually changes, and you begin to change and be transformed. Which is why in those moments, and you don't need science to tell you this, in those moments when you've spent longer periods of time in prayer, in those moments where you just tell God, I don't even know what to say right now, So I'm just going to sit here silently. It is why when you come out of those moments of prayer, the reality around you may not have changed. But there's something that happens within you that you begin to realize like, I know I still have to deal with this thing, but somehow I have more peace within me. Because that's what prayer does. It changes you. It transforms you. But for so many of us, we rush through our prayers that we are not allowing ourselves to be transformed by the Spirit by spending more time in prayer. And so I'll leave you with this last practical thing. Some of you may be saying, like, I, I want to experience this transformation. I want to experience this-, this intense, focused kind of prayer and meditating on Scripture. I want to be able to do this. So I'm going to leave you with this last practical thing. I would say... We all, most of us, have a favorite Bible verse that we, that we like. So I would say this in the mornings or whenever, during your lunch break or at nighttime, I would say put a timer on for five minutes. Maybe you have to start with a three-minute timer on your phone. And then read this Bible verse and maybe select a phrase that jumps out at you the most. So maybe it's God is love. And then just for those few minutes that you've put that timer on, you just keep repeating that slowly to yourself. I guarantee you that the moments that you do this, it's going to be hard, because you're going to be thinking about how you have to get ready for work, you have to make dinner, you have to do all these other things, but the more you practice this, the more you begin to allow God to speak into your life. So I, still, I would still say that you can still pray to God about all of the things that are going on in your life, and all the things that are going wrong, and all the requests, like we still believe in the power of prayer, and that God will do things. But if we can begin to open ourselves to this presence and the Spirit of God, as Scripture tells us, the Spirit of God will lead you to more and more truth. And the only way that the Spirit can do that is if we're spending time listening. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we, we have a certain way that we like to do things, among them prayer. And it's never easy when we try to do things differently because we only know one way. For my friends who are here this morning, it's my prayer that you would teach us how to listen to your voice more. Teach us to be beholden to your presence. Teach us what it means that we can listen to your voice through the nudges of our conscience and our soul so that you can use these prayers to continually transform us. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen.